Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you never change. We thank you that you are holy, righteous, powerful, awesome. We thank you, God, that as we celebrate today, as we pause to reflect and to remember what you have done for us, I ask you, Lord God, to be pleased with our worship, be pleased with our praise, and we give you thanks, praise, glory, and honor. In the mighty name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, today is a day of celebration, a day of rejoicing, a day we pause to reflect and remember what Jesus did for all of us. On Friday, we started our series, A Journey to the Cross. And on Friday, we talked about weeping. Why was Peter weeping? He was weeping because he had denied the Lord. He was weeping because he promised he would, do that. He would not deny the Lord. But when he was challenged, he did. And after his last denial, Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter went outside and he wept bitterly. So today, we're going to continue our journey with Jesus and also with Peter. And after Peter denied Christ, Jesus is now arrested and convicted. And at the time of the year, anyone could be released according to the laws and the customs of the time. So Pilate decided he wanted to release someone. And he asked the people, who shall I release? Who shall I release unto you? They said, we want Barabbas. So he released Barabbas to them and convicted Jesus. Our story continues. Luke chapter 23, verses 24 to 26 says, So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder the one they asked for and surrendered Jesus to their will as the soldiers led him away they seized Simon from Cyrene who was on his way in from the hill country and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus now we do not know a lot about Simon of Cyrene but here's one thing I can tell you for sure when Simon went to bed the night before, he had no idea he was going to be called upon and given the honor of a lifetime. The honor of a lifetime. Simon had no idea his life was about to be changed forever. Friends, many times you're applying for a job and people want to look at your resume. People want to see the different things that you have done, you have accomplished. So they can say, okay, we want to employ you. Now, I give God thanks here the Lord to do some amazing things over a period of years. And people might say, Huntley, what have you done? That's great. I'll say, well, you know, playing Carnegie Hall is pretty cool. Playing for world leaders, Billy Graham, etc. is pretty cool. But friends, no matter what I have on my resume or you have on your resume, it does not compare to what Simon of Cyrene had. Think about this. On Simon's resume is listed, I am the one who helped Jesus to carry the cross. 
the most significant event in world history Simon was a part of and he can put on his resume I helped Jesus to carry the cross you know friends I imagine when the magnitude hit Simon maybe he spent a few days weeping saying God what did I do to deserve this honor and friends we cannot be Simon of Cyrene today by helping Jesus to cry the cross anymore, but we can be Simon of Cyrene in another way. We can help the less fortunate. We can help those who are struggling. We can help those who are depressed and downtrodden. Look around you, there are poor people all over the place. Look around you, there are people who need a lot of help. And you know, in my lifetime, I've met a few Simon of Cyrenes. But one that really stood out in my mind was a guy by the name of Burl Cain. You might have heard of Burl Cain. He used to be the warden at Angola Prison in Louisiana. Now, Angola Prison used to be the bloodiest prison in America. Over 5,000 inmates. One out of every two is a murderer. And I'm not talking petty crimes. I'm talking about serious, serious crimes. You go to Angola if you have been given the death penalty or you have a life sentence. But God used Birkin to literally transform this prison. So a couple of years ago, I was at Angola for a weekend. I went there with Billy Graham's daughter, Ruth, and team. And while there, we got a chance to visit death row. And death row is not for the faint of heart. While on death row, I met quite a few people. But I met two gentlemen that stood out. One said his name was Lucky. I said, wow, what a name. Lucky, and you're on death row. And Lucky, he beamed Jesus. I mean, his name was Lucky, and he was on death row. And he said, yes. And he said, let me tell you something. Coming to Angola was the best thing that ever happened to me. I said, wow, what do you mean by that? He said, when I got to Angola, I met Jesus. And he changed my life. And Lucky beamed Jesus. There was something in my spirit that connected with Lucky's spirit. I could tell he's a brother in Christ. You know, sometimes you meet people, you know, my, my friend Mark Elstrand. Whenever I meet Mark, our spirits just connect. You know, you, you have that kindred spirit that you can tell someone is a brother in Christ. That was the same with Lucky. Now, before I left the prison, though, there's another gentleman I was talking to. And somehow I felt this tension in my spirit. We just could not connect. And I'm saying, you know, Lord, I, I, I could not figure what was going on. He was talking about hope. He was talking about the Lord. But somehow we, there was a something there I could not tell. So on the way, when I left death row, the chaplain said to me, Huntley, do you know who you were talking to? I said, no. He said, you were talking to Derek Lee, the serial killer from New Orleans. He said, go Google his name. So I never heard of Derek Lee. So I went back to the hotel. I Googled Derek's name. He had killed like maybe 20 odd people that they knew of. That they knew of. And I'm torn. I'm conflicted now because I'm saying, but Lord, Derek deserved the death penalty. But Jesus but that's why you came. And I'm saying, Lord, 
the reason you came was not only for me, but for Derek. And friends, I brought this small video clip this morning to give you a taste of Angola. And then I want to share a story. If you can run the video clip from Angola um, from a weekend, that'll be good. Now, I wanted to end on this picture. That is Burl Kane you just saw at the end. And Burl Kane shared a story that I never forget as long as I live. Burl said one day, there's a gentleman on death row by the name of Antonio who's about to be executed. And Antonio called Burl and he said to Burl, Burl, can you do me a favor? And Burl said, yes, Antonio, what do you need? He said, well, Burl, I'm going to be honest with you. I am scared. They're about to execute me, and I am scared. Can you do me this one favor? Brother, sure, Antonio, what do you want? Can you hold my hand while they execute me? Friends, Burl did it. He walked into the execution chamber with Antonio and he prayed a prayer and he said God Antonio has done some bad things but he's asked for your forgiveness Antonio realizes that Jesus came to pay the penalty for all our sins so Lord I'm gonna ask you to welcome Antonio into your presence shortly and Bert took a hold of Antonio's hand. I said, are you ready? He said, yes. And they executed Antonio with Burl Cain holding his hand. Friends, that is Simon of Cyrene. That's exactly what it looks like. Now, in our case, it does not have to be that dramatic. But look around you. There are people hurting, people struggling, people who are depressed, and they're looking for hope. And you have the hope in Jesus. It's time for us to let the world know that Jesus came and paid the penalty for all our sins. And we can have a brand new start with Jesus. So Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus to carry the cross to Calvary. And there... They crucified Jesus. Our story continues. Mark 15, verse 33 to 34. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, 
Lema sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The magnitude of those words cannot be overstated. David understood this very well. That's why when David sinned, he said, God, whatever you do, punish me, yes, but do not take your presence from me. Psalm 51 verse 11 says, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. That's David's prayer. But that's what happened to Jesus. For you and for me, for all of us. We can't help but saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus is now buried in the tomb. And our journey continues. Mark 16, verses 1 to 7. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now friends, we just read a few interesting words that we cannot just gloss over. The angel said to the woman, go and tell his disciples and Peter. Why Peter? Why was Peter singled out? Because Peter had messed up. Peter felt horrible. Have you ever messed up? I'm sure you have. We have all messed up. But Jesus wanted Peter to know, Peter, you are not a failure. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Remember we mentioned this? Failure is an event, not a person. Let's say it one more time. Everybody say it with me. Failure is an event, not a person. You are not a failure. Yes, you made some mistakes, but Jesus wanted Peter to know. Peter, yes, I saw your mistakes. Peter, yes, I saw your tears. You know what? In the 70s, they had a song. Um, I'm not a good singer, as you can tell, right? But maybe you can help me sing this once more. If, if you know it, put the words up. It goes, um, you said you'd come to share all my sorrows. And you said you'd be here. For all my tomorrows, I came so close. Help me <laughs> in sending you away. But just like you promised, you came here to stay. I just had to pray. And Jesus said, come to the water, stand by my side, 
I know you are thirsty, you won't be denied. I felt every teardrop when in darkness you cried. And I strove to remind you that for those tears I died. Friends, that is what Jesus wanted Peter to know. I saw your tears, Peter. And for your tears, I died. Jesus is saying the same thing to you too. Maybe I'm not there to see you when you're crying. When you're depressed. When someone hurt you. When you're by yourself. And you're on the covers. And you are weeping and you're crying. And no one knows. No one. But you and Jesus. Jesus wants you to know this morning. That it was for those tears that Peter shed. The tears that you shed. That's why he died. What can we say to that kind of grace? You see, Jesus knew that we'd all mess up. That's why he came to the cross. You see, friends, the cross is a symbol of new beginnings. The cross is a symbol of forgiveness. And as Natalie mentioned earlier, let's take time this week to remember. Put a band on your hand or something to remember the cross and what Jesus did for us. You can change your story. This morning, you can change your life story by inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You know, I mentioned Angola Prison not long ago. And there's a gentleman who's at Angola Prison, by the name of Richard Leggett. If you have a picture, you can throw it up of Richard. You know, many years ago, Richard robbed the store. And in the robbery, he killed a man and a woman. And he went to Angola Prison for life. And when Richard got there, he was known as a murderer. But Richard decided he wanted to do something different. He said, Angola Prison, whenever you die, they just put you in a box and throw you in the ground, you know, not thinking much about you. That was years ago. Richard decided, you know what, I want to change that. So Richard started to learn how to make caskets. So he started to build these elaborate coffins for the different inmates. And all of a sudden, that casket you see right here, Billy Graham was buried in this casket. I was privileged to have been at Billy Graham's funeral. This is the casket firsthand. A murderer at Angola Prison for Life built a casket that Billy Graham is buried in. Billy Graham wanted the world to know that your failures do not define you. And that because of the journey Jesus took to the cross, you can have a second chance at life. That's Billy Graham's casket, by the way. And friends, this morning, the cross offers you the same opportunity Peter had, Antonio had, Billy Graham had. I have, all of us can have same access to the cross. You might be here this morning for the first time saying, you know, Huntley, I've never been to church before. Or you're watching online saying, man, I am the one you're talking about. 
I have been crying. I do not have the hope that you have. But you tell me about this journey that can change my life. I want that this morning. Can you bow your head this morning? I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not even going to ask you to come forward or anything like that. We just want to have a prayer where you are at. If you have never invited Jesus Christ to come into your heart, this morning would be a good time to do so. Everyone pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please come into my heart and make me new. And from this moment on, I promise to live for you. Give me the strength to live for you each day. And from this day on, I promise to live for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray thanksgiving. Amen.